0: Up.
1: All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. We are the Master Blaster Podcasters, putting misinformation on Blast. IMG is, and we have Dirty Mouth with hey. us as well. Uh, hey. We are we are the Master Blaster Podcasters. Uh, we're going to do our third episode here. It's going to be on immigration. Hopefully you've checked out our first couple so far. First one was on woke ideology. Second one was on global warming. Right now, you can listen to them on RSS. dot com. Shortly, we will be distributed throughout the podcast world: Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, whichever podcast channel that you like, and hopefully, pretty soon after that, YouTube. So let's get into this. We have the uh, we have immigration, which is a very general um, subject. We're going to break it down into three subsets or three chapters. Uh, number one is going to be the current border control. Border uh, crisis, we'll say, uh, with, uh, the humanitarian issues that are have played the Rio ground for years and are certainly in the news now. Uh, should we have an open border? We're going to talk about border patrol uh, as well. Uh, we're going to go into why there's such an influx uh, from Mexico. We're going to talk about the country of Mexico a little bit. Uh, see it maybe what they can do to keep a few of their citizens within their own country uh, and give them some better lives there so they don't have to constantly flee. And number three, we'll get into a little bit of uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement, otherwise known as NAFTA, drafted in 1994. But let's start on the border crisis currently. Um, dirty Mouth, we've seen on the news uh, these floating buoys, which are, I thought at first were Um, you know, it's had some barbed wire. As it turns out, there's more to these than just barbed wire. What's going on there?
2: So I learned today that not only, uh, is there barbed, barbed wire, there's, uh, in between each buoy, uh, there's like, I guess like saw blades or something. Um, and recently I learned that, uh, some of the, border patrol or, you know, agents are actually starting to complain, uh, that it's just, it's even, uh, it's even too inhumane for them. Like they don't, you know, some of the, some of the agents don't feel comfortable throwing kids into the Rio Grande. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's getting so, so bad. Uh, you know, you got people complaining and, it just making look uh ma- making Greg Abbott look like a a fucking savage.
1: Yeah, so pretty much his uh his updated policy, uh I believe it's the Lone Star policy that they've instituted down there. Right. Um you know too, I, I actually I, I have family that are, are in um law enforcement and I think everyone has some people that are in law enforcement military. My cousin actually did, um, started out as a sheriff and then got a job with the, um, with the national police, with the national police somehow with, uh, actually went down to the border and had to work there for a while. And he was, he said it was the most disgusting, most amazingly horrifying job he's ever had. Wow. Uh, he, Came back and went back to school and became a lawyer since, but uh, I guess you'd have to have a certain stomach or a certain um, mindset to work down there. He certainly didn't want to go. It, it was almost like being uh, drafted, uh, not to go into war, but to go to some place you don't want to go, uh, rather than staying local. Um, so the you know there, there's children and people being cut up by these. Uh, two-way saw blades, these floating buoys that have all kinds of sharp objects on them, barbed wire. Um, Yeah, let's talk about uh, (laughs) what's, I guess this is certainly something that the governor could improve upon. Um, So let's talk about the humanitarian crisis that uh, he's evolved from, how people are treated there, um, how could we improve our treatment of the people, even if we don't uh, maybe take them in right away, uh, what are some things maybe we could do uh, as they while they wait? I mean, could we could we do something? where we don't cut them up? Can they wait somewhere? Can right. they um, anything but this? I mean, what do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, there's there's several different ways. Um, well, first, like they have detention centers, which is Gross, because these people aren't criminals. They're fleeing for uh, help because the countries, the countries they're leaving from are, uh, are. I don't know how to say this. Like uh, they're not. They're fleeing because their countries aren't um, safe enough to to stay in, uh, and it's not like they. Yeah, want they could
1: to. be getting chased by. Sorry, they could be getting chased by cartels or something. Who knows what right, they're
2: running right.
0: from? So there's uh, a number of things.
2: Or you know a shitty shitty government, but um, it's first of all it's like the, you know you could make the detention centers actually like humane, um, and second, uh, you know, not sexually assault the uh, people in the detention centers that would help. Um, secondly, like you know, just treat these just pe treat these people like humans. Um, you know, uh, they also. They have to work on uh I learned that um the process is screwy where it's kind of like you know they have it, it comes off like the u s government has an attitude like well you just deal with it with what we got and <clears throat> sometimes the they get cell phones or if they have cell phones the the uh links to the website that they need to check in are uh faulty um like I said, there isn't like there isn't a clear system. Uh you have to go to you know, you, you they ha- they make it so you have to go to uh a town or a city uh for a checkpoint. Some people can't are unable to do that. Um it would also probably help if Greg Abbott and uh Ron DeSantis stopped using migrants as political tools and shipping them Uh, And lying to these some of these people, and shipping them to different parts of the country. Yeah, about it. You know, maybe weed out like the the racist bigots who for on the border patrol who you know are like whipping people. You know, like there's a picture of these cowboys, cowboy border patrol on horseback, literally like whipping you know Haitian migrants. If you see that picture. Uh, you know, it's just this at, this sick attitude, and it, it's like you, you know, go to the source. Like uh, the U.S. government could uh, could have put a leaning on some of these countries because uh, their policies are shit, you know, and they're they're, un, they're unstable. So uh, cut funding, you know, like the United States shells out a lot of money money to other countries. Um, I mean, it's rough, uh, but I guess, you know, currently just treat these people humanely and maybe build, you know, or have better facilities to storm and like, you know, treat them as humans. Like, these, this is an emergency. The, uh, the Ukrainians and Russians, when, the whole, when that whole war started, they zipped right on through and uh, had no problem because they were white people. But you know, the, a lot of these people are coming from countries that uh, you know the Republicans deem as as shitholes, and they don't treat them right. You know, it's like it's like, well, let's help them out. That's what I thought this country was all about. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: now, just as a a secondary voice, a sort of an opposition voice, because we know that there's. Uh, besides the fact that there's Republicans and Democrats, I mean, there's probably a few Democrats out there that might have a stronger opinion anti-immigration stance than than we do. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for the record, uh, technically, if you do try to enter illegally, if you do enter, mm-hmm. you're a criminal at that point, or actually attempting to enter illegally as a criminal doesn't certainly doesn't explain that the treatment that they're getting, as far as getting cut up with buoys, uh, some people I think might not have a too much, uh, sentiment for them if they're trying to enter illegally. And, um, as far as, uh, yeah, they do want to treat them like criminals. quite right. uh, to them, they are. Now, as far as the Ukraine, I mean, do you think this is really, uh, uh, an even situation, uh, with the, a parallel situation with the Ukraine? I mean, they're getting attacked by, by Russia. There's a difference of being in war, where you're getting attacked by Russia. By Russia, and technically Ukraine are are um, they're not our enemies the way Russia is. I mean, we have we do give them support specifically mm-hmm. to be able to keep Russia away. Now, technically, Mexico's not getting attacked by another country. Mm-hmm. Um, although you could certainly say the cartels are almost another country within themselves. But what would you say to people saying, hey, you know, this is not, this isn't a a similar situation. Ukraine is getting attacked and Mexico is not. It's just a constant situation with Mexico Mm -hmm. as opposed to a one-time thing with Ukraine.
2: Um, Well, I would say uh, these people are fleeing uh, dangerous situations uh, that are unlivable. And I get that, you know, Ukrainians are fleeing for war, but, you know, there's like five, six countries right now that the U.S. is involved with and contributing to destroying. Uh, you have like the Syrians, they could be helped out, uh, but we treat them like garbage. Uh, the Congo Congolese, uh, their country's going through some, some major battles. Uh, I mean, there's the Iraqis. I mean, you know, there's people who, you know, the Iraq, uh, you have the Iraq, war or, or, you know, whatever genocide in some ways they could be let over. Cause we're, you know, contributing. I mean, the, the United States government and the military are everywhere. And a lot, of, you know, I guess the way I look at it is that, you know, we're trying to help Ukrainians and I get that they need help and they need to flee. But I mean, there's other countries that the United States is involved with Um That have been, you know, uh, like I said, the Syrians that have been pounded, uh, have been pounding militarily for years and they get demonized. And I think it just uh, it just I mean, from a perspective, it just looks like uh, discrimination. The Haitians that come over like their country is, is going through shit and it doesn't have to be a country doesn't have to be war torn necessarily for, you know, for people to come through. And even, even if they were, uh, even if they were, uh, they're getting denied. And it's like, you know, if you're going to use that, uh, if you're going to use that excuse, then it's like, then you need to help all the other people. And I, it's, uh, it's, it's not fair. And I understand, you know, people's, uh, some people may have an attitude where we can't afford it and this and that, but, Um, we have enough money to send troops all over the world to protect, uh, financial interests, but, you know, these people come over for mandatory reasons and they, they're treated like garbage. So I I don't know. I just look at like, we could bring, we can't afford, we can afford to go destroy shit. Then, you know, we can afford to bring people over.
1: Sounds like a possible future uh, podcast episode as far as where do we have embassies, what are our interests there, right? Um, and should we even be there? Right. So certainly, we do have interests around the world, and, and uh, partly to keep peace, but anybody that doesn't think it's for financial reasons, uh, you're kidding yourself. Um, and certainly for years, it was about blocking communism and promoting democracy, which is a great thing, but uh, it really is up to the will of the country the people of the country, whether it's Vietnam or wherever you have it, Cuba um, as to what type of political system they want to have. Um, now as far as, um, besides it's not just in Southern Texas, <laughs> excuse me, um, there's problems in New York, uh, with immigrants, uh, coming over illegally and there's, and here in Chicago is a major city where a lot of them have either gotten bused to, or they've sent plane, you know sent them on planes over here. Right. And talk about those two places, Chicago and New York. Quickly, very quickly, Chicago, uh, some of the residents of Chicago, in the south side of the city, where they set up, they put them in temporary homes, they're trying to find them jobs. Some of the city uh, residents here in Chicago, Chicago, uh, DM used to live here. I live here now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are upset? <clears throat> they think that they're giving them the royal treatment as far as setting them up, up in temporary free housing and and doing more to help them get jobs and get assimilated than they do for people in the own, in within the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand how you can't have some sympathy for these people. They're getting shipped all around the uh, the United States. But well, what do you think about residents in a city who are um, upset that they're uh, going to the city. Well, one more thing before you answer that question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, same thing in New York. Uh, apparently the mayor is like, New York is like, look, what do you want me to do? Right. I mean, we have a you know, we have a a moral conscience to try to you know, try to help these people fit in somewhere. Um, and the the thought processes, if you do help find them homes and jobs that they'll be uh, productive citizens, and certainly the data suggests that um, when immigrants do assimilate uh, here, they do become productive, hardworking citizens. What do you think about these cities that some of the residents are not too happy that um, the cities are trying very hard to help them acclimate to the city?
2: Um, well, I look at it like uh, when I lived in Chicago, I became aware of a lot of uh, undocumented uh, Irish people, Russians, uh, Ukrainians, you know, or, you know, Eastern Europeans. Um, and nobody had a problem with that. Um, there's, you know, there are a lot of undocumented, uh, white people and I don't hear ever hear complained about that. And they are obviously running, you know, they're in the system and there's no problem. You look at a construction site, I bet you could, uh, Check everybody's status and see what's up, you know, and find out what's going on. So I think it's a matter of like, I think it's been an overblown uh, scare tactic by the media and uh, politicians. Um, that you know, it's just it, you know. I understand the capacity thing because New York right now is you know full, and a lot of that is you know caused by like I said, Greg Abbott and uh, DeSantis shipping people. But, I mean, it. I, I think it's a xenophobic thing. I think it's because these are people for, from other countries and they're, they're not from, like, European countries. And that's my opinion, because um, I know how people can be in the double standards. We have a history of people coming to this country uh, and not being residents. I mean, you had all the people who immigrated here during the, uh, was it 18 the 1860s or 70s, you had, like, the Irish, the Jewish, and the uh, Italians coming over. They were here illegally for a while uh, and assimilated. Um, I I don't know. I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's fair. And, you know, like, I'm a bleeding heart liberal and, or progressive, and it's like, you know, why not? I mean, we, like I said, it goes back to, like, um you know, like we don't have problems going to other countries and sticking our U.S. sticking their opinion to those countries. Uh, but you know, when people come here because it's like the United States military has destroyed their country, made it uninhabitable, or supported a dictator, um, I, I just think I just think we should help them out. I, I don't think I don't buy the whole thing that you know the these people are upset and then they can't deal with it. Uh, the citizens. That, uh, and also, it's like, who are these people complaining? You know, like, what? How does that affect them? And is it? You know, are they mad just because a lot of people are there? Like, how does this affect them? You know, like, that's my thing. Um, and I, like I said, is we could also have a better system. That, like well, it, it all a lot of it goes down to like, there's been all these different bills passed over the years, and it's like. It, 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 they don't get passed. Like everything it's more like they're they're quick to judge and, and browbeat um the the people coming over and using them as political as powder. But it's like Yeah, it's,
1: I agree. I mean it is it does seem to draw the ire if it's from Mexico as opposed to other countries. Like you said, there's been other countries that have uh had immigrants I wouldn't say pass through but come through without doing it the same process that you're supposed to
0: nice. uh,
1: for some reason it does draw the ire of, uh, and it is being used as a political stunt um, by the politicians. Uh, I mean, I quite famously Trump got upset when, when Abbott did it, he said, wait a minute. He goes, that's, that was my idea. Uh, like he, he wanted to take credit for it. Yeah. Um, that's uh he's a, <clears throat> He's a lovely human being.
0: He's a um and
1: let's let me let's I want to ask you a question about uh, the border here. I mean, do you think we should have open borders either in New York or Mexico or at least have a pecking order set up of why you're coming. Now if people find out about this they can just lie and say, Oh, I'm from this country, not that country, and it's because they're at war. But some people have suggested maybe it would be better if we have uh, a quicker uh, process. Um, now, of course, uh, if, as far as getting people through, if it's for urgent situations. Now, of course, of course, some people will say that's exactly what the criminals are going to try to do. Um, what would you say to those people? First of all, do you think we should have an open border, and should we? How maybe how could we adjust it, even if we don't have an open border?
2: Well, first, when I've you know looked up and uh, seen interviews with people who migrate here. Um, and anybody who just generally applies for citizenship from other countries, the process is so long to apply for it and this and that. And then it, it, there's a waiting process. Um, it, it takes a long time unless, you, like you say, you're, you're taking drag- drastic measures. Uh, I personally think that, like, the border is kind of, I mean, it's kind of closed already um, and the process isn't working. Uh, I think they could streamline the uh, immigration process because they get thorough. I mean, they get super thorough. People, you have people who, uh, and I, I was approached by this woman I met online, and she thought, well, if I came to America, and I just, you know, you married married me, and I came there, I'd have a better life. And I tried to explain to her, you know, if you came here, and we got married like they're going to check on us and they're super anal about everything and that would destroy I'll go to jail, you will go to jail or get deported. And there's I think it just needs to be clear first of all and it needs to be streamlined and they they, they need to redo it. Um I, I just uh it, it it it's a long fucking I mean it takes years for people to be get their citizenship. Uh and 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 to get here, you know, and uh, I I, I I think that it it can be streamlined, and I do believe in yeah. open borders. I, I guess I, I guess when when you say open borders, when people say open borders, I mean, you can't. I mean, are you when you say that or are, when people say this? Is that like uh, literally building walls like Trump wanted, which didn't work and destroys the environment, or just a stricter uh, system? Because like a lot of people come through. Uh, by plane and you know so it's like you know it's not just like people just physically coming through the borders in Texas Um, and also you know people come through Canada the cartels deal with the Canadian border as well Um, it's not like Canada is innocent in this situation but I don't know it just seems like Canada has doesn't have the same problem with immigration that we do and you know I, I we could probably borrow some of their their policies
1: you know, yeah, No, there's obviously two different economic systems in Canada and Mexico. Canada's is much closer than our to ours than Mexico is Mexico's got some big problems right um, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute, but uh it seems like if you were um an American criminal, then you'd want to go probably to to Canada first, I guess, but uh vice versa mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa if you're a Canadian criminal, but um uh, now, you'd certainly get some if, if uh, you know, we don't have the numbers in front of, in front of us, but uh, you'd certainly get some fight on the right if we're trying to say that it's even as far as immigration problems of uh, Canadians sneaking in versus, uh, you know, down south. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, just just for the argument's sake, I mean, I do not believe in open borders uh, only because, uh you know, I think you need to have control of the amounts of people that are coming in and out. It's it's very basic that I think that once somebody is a U.S. citizen, that you're responsible for them, and you're responsible for making sure that there's proper housing, that there's enough jobs. That there's certainly is why we could keep a census, this country. You know, we want to know how many people there are versus how many jobs, versus how many, you know, do you have a house? How much do you make? Like, what is your living situation? All these things go into. um are we, are we proper properly assimilating people when they come in? Do they have an opportunity to have a better life?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, cause Lord knows if somebody doesn't have a house and a job, that's, what, that's what's creating, um, that's what creates criminals or that's, that's the problem in Mexico in the first place. Uh, right. not enough jobs for the people there. So, but I certainly believe there could be a, uh, when you talk about years to get through, I mean, that's ridiculous. If somebody is fleeing a, um, the situation where, um, and who knows how far cartels will take. We hear stories of, uh, we'll talk more about car- cartels in a minute. Um, if you run into cartels basically in Mexico, if you are driving around and you have a family and you run into a, uh, a massive truckload of cartels, they'll want to keep you and make you uh, a member of their cartel and work right. for them. And otherwise you could get killed. So, um, who knows how far they would take it as far as there's lots of um, cartel deaths, uh, drug related deaths yeah. around the border. Now you mentioned earlier about people flying over. Certainly if, if you're, if you're connected to any, high-level criminal, people talk about criminals coming over. If you are a, a, any kind of a successful criminal in Mexico, you're not going through the border. You, you are going to fly into this country right. um, if you have any money. So um, there's been a lot of violence around the border, not just from um, you know, the American Border Patrol uh, or the floating buoys, but there's cartels that go all the way up to the border to – Kill some people. I mean, I've right, heard a lot of instances of
2: that. So they come in the country. Um, they're in the country.
1: Absolutely. And do you think they're maybe vindictive enough to go chase people to the border and get them before they actually get in?
2: No, I think they just come in and if they they if they well, go I'd to say
1: yes, that they would be vindictive enough. We're talking about the cartels.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I think they go beyond. You know, I it's uh. Man, this this subject's hard for me because it's, like, it's so complicated and, and in-depth.
1: It is. Uh, it's not a simple answer. That's what we're talking about. We're trying to come to the, you know, I'm almost trying to treat this as if, like, what if I was a politician? Right. And people were, the, you know, your are people that vote you in are, uh, even if you're on the right side of things, which is uh, a little more lenient towards um, immigrants. hmm um, there's, there's the, the history of our country and it's right on the Statue of Liberty that will take you in. Right, um, And I'll tell you what too, that's there's, there's, there's what separates us from, I can't think of another country that has a relationship with a uh, bordering country where so many people flee into the country and I'm thinking specifically about the developed world and Europe mm-hmm. um, and I know it's very hard, they make it very hard if you're trying to uh, immigrate to their country to get jobs. Certainly France is the one that gave us the statue of Liberty and they have these work cards that you have to wait to get. And once you get one, uh, you basically can't get a job Talk about a union. Huh. Uh, you can't get a job anywhere unless you have these, these work permits. Right. Uh, so it's, uh, we're a little bit different here. Um, Okay, let's get into uh, the second topic here. If, if we have other points to make, if you want to go back and make a point uh, about the border, we certainly can do that. Okay. Um, let's move on to number two, which is Mexico, this, uh, the country of Mexico.
0: Yeah. All right, so we
1: have, uh, obviously, we can look at our government how are we handling the uh, attempted migration? Uh, Mexican citizens. We can look at our border patrol, Um, how are they treating these people. We can look at these floating buoys that are being instituted by the Lone Star policy of Governor Abbott in South Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's take a look at Mexico because they are the main culprit in why their own citizens are fleeing the country and trying to come here. What are they doing wrong? Like, What are they doing that's so poor that it's just this constant stream? It's been happening uh, on a major level uh, for years, and what I looked up, we'll spout some statistics first. I just went onto Wikipedia and got some information about their uh, some of the financial crises they've gone through uh, through the years. Uh, now, first of all, you had mentioned earlier, Sean, uh, DM, excuse me. <laughs> we, we got to get rid of these damn aliases. <laughs> we keep seeing each other's names all the time. It's, it's ridiculous, but um, you mentioned earlier about... Um, how can we go back to Mexico and say, hey, look, uh, you've got a problem. What are you doing to help? Right. Like, this is what we're trying to do. We obviously need some help. We're failing in some areas. What are you trying to do? Now, in 2022, President Obrador of Mexico, who's been in there since 2018, um, introduced a new spending bill. And nowhere in the spending bill was intended to, to address the problems mm-hmm. at the border. Nowhere in there was there um did he put into his spending agenda. Oh, uh, let's put a instead of a detention type center, let's make a new nicer waiting area. Let's put some of our troops there yeah. to make sure that if the cartels are around the area, um that working with uh U.S. Border Patrol we can help eliminate some of that problem. Right. Um and nowhere in there was it was all spending on infrastructure which is great it's going to give construction jobs whatever um, but what do you think about Mexico not touching the problem at all not spending any money to help their own people that are are uh sometimes dying
0: trying to get through?
2: right um there's been like a long history with uh the US government and Mexico and like the you had like the CIA historically interfering with Mexican government and um I I think uh they they have to they have to work on uh they have to work on their country as well and and uh I mean it's yeah it's like why are people coming why would people leave you know their their home country to right. come here to put up a bunch of shit um and it it's I don't know they they got to how do you how do you get rid of the cartels you know or how do you at least make it to a point where um, you could not subdue, but, like, how do you make it? Limit their power. Yeah, limit right.
1: their power. How are they growing so much faster than the other other parts of the workforce in
0: Mexico? That,
2: I mean, that it's scary. crazy because, like, they're killing journalists that <clears throat> expose, you know, when they, they you know, you, they're killing journalists who expose the cartels and who's part of it. And a lot of times in the reporting, you find that there's law enforcement, military, uh, you know, special crime units and they're infiltrated by the cartel. So it's like this game. Um, and then on top of it, like, you know, you see reports are like, sometimes the cartels are more constructive in some ways in local politics and the way they handle things than the government. And so it's just like, you know, it's, there's like a lot of corruption, um, it's, it's just clean up, you know, cut funding, uh, you know, uh, work, you know, I, I don't know. It get, gets, gets stronger, get more, uh, more taller or not taller, but more, uh, for more, more of a foot up the cartel's ass. I, I, that's, this is one of those things where it's like, it reminds me of like, when we're talking about the dark web, how do you go to the, the source of this problem and, and you know, and it didn't help the United States as, you know, you know, from the seventies and eighties and partly the nineties contributed to the problem of the drug war and you know, getting it yeah. involved. So I it's it's just one of those things. I um and they're here too. The cartels aren't just in Mexico, they've infiltrated a lot of like small town America as well.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the journalists being killed hundred and thirty uh, p- politicians running for office in, in 2018 were killed before they actually made it into office. And right. there's certainly only one area you can point to um, that could be responsible for those deaths, 130. Can you right. imagine if that happened in America? There was that many politicians being killed by gangs
0: right. before
1: they, you know, and l- so let's take a look at the comparison of Mexican cartels with American gangs. Uh, to me, the, the biggest thing to compare these two is um, how to keep people out of them. I guess let's say the most successful ways to keep people out of gangs. Now, uh, a little a little uh, Mexican history as far as financially, let's look at their – I have a little, a very little – information about their education system, but uh, financially as far as their job markets and job growth, I can talk about that a little bit. Because if you ask me when I talk about what can keep people, kids, Tyler's kids, what can keep kids out of gangs, um, it's opportunities, other opportunities when you're young, uh, opportunities to make money, uh, opportunities for education, to have um, talked to uh uh, planners, uh, uh, what do you what do you call those uh, the people in high schools that you talk to to help you plan out your career planners? Um, I'm forgetting the title of the uh, damn it. Anyway,
0: counselors, um, career counseling. counselors. There you go. Yeah.
1: So uh, you know, better schools put more money into schools, and I'll tell you what, whatever money that the president put into infrastructure, schools better be a part of it, the education system. So it's been shown that areas that have better education have better access to further their education they want or their skill set to be able to be a more educated workforce to get better jobs. Another problem that they have in Mexico is major corruptions of their labor unions. Um, Their labor unions that started in the 1940s through the 1980s, what I learned, um, were basically being run and um, overlooked by major businesses and, and the richest people in, in Mexico. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out how that's going to go. It's not going to go into the workers' favor. Yeah. It's going to go in the favor of, of the owners of these big uh, companies. And what I found out is that I mean, it really put a total separation of the rich, rich versus poor during that 40-year time period.
0: Sure.
1: Now, since then, they've, try- they've tried to clean up the uh, their unions to make sure that they have proper representation in the unions that have the mindset of you know, they're in it for the workers. That's why they're doing it, uh, not to help enrich the businesses. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, let's talk about um, – so, I mean, what do you think, TMA? Uh, yeah, that, that's my – the best thing that I can think of is, like, how do you, how do you stunt the cartel's growth, better education? Um, the other thing is that still we talk about – uh, in America, there's what's called, if you're an undocumented laborer, which is different than a citizen, it right. just means that you work under the table. In Mexico, that, of course, you're not probably going to get benefits, you're not going to be a part of the la- uh, union, um, and you're not going to get certain guarantees or or uh, perks. Uh, I'm going to say perks too. I'm not just talking about raises, but... Uh, some of the basics that you should as far as work conditions and all these types of things. Um, It's a two-to-one ratio in Mexico as far as undocumented workers versus documented. So, so what do you think about the comparison of cartels versus American gangs, education system? Do you think that's something that can help the problem?
2: Yeah, in addition, um, how about drug legalization, like fully Uh, go towards... Go at their, you know, their their product. Go go at what they're they're selling. You know, um, you know, crack down on on that as well. Um, Ooh,
1: that wait. Now, DM, do you mean uh, currently the biggest problem is cocaine and fentanyl?
2: Yeah, and that's a huge problem. It, okay, that's another subject that could be discussed too because it's it's a it's affecting American Americans as well. Um they have a huge you know they have a huge problem with like how they treat women and indigenous people too but um Yeah they do. I um yeah I'd say just go for like you know go go to their money maker. You know go hit the money maker or hit their uh hit the product. Um like I said cut funding the you know, US could cut funding to the uh to Mexico. Um
1: well, first of all, do you think that uh, the next topic we're going to talk about North American Free Trade Agreement. Yeah. That put a lot of, of Mexican, basically took a lot of jobs out of America, put them in Mexico. Uh, we'll talk about the evil of that. and how, how American politicians have gotten away with that, I have no idea, but... Um, now, if we're helping them out with jobs, I mean America, do you really think that, as far as american Mexican relations, that the American government would be okay with them uh, allowing drugs to be legalized because you think we the American government would really come down on them and sanction them and possibly even create embargoes on trade if if they're doing that based off of how we feel about drugs in this country and the deaths associated with currently with fentanyl and uh, maybe not with cocaine as much, but with fentanyl. I mean, how, what do you think? Do you think the government would go for that? or
2: No, I mean, we still the U.S. government still has a lot of hang-ups. There's still a lot of politicians who still think that the old way of doing things worked. Um, and, the, you know, like the xenophobia has an, is a problem as well. Um, I, I just... Uh, it, it, there's a... There's a lot to that contributes to this, but yeah, I mean, attitude and the changing policies as well. Um, I yeah, I feel it's like whatever the United States throws at that problem, it's not working, and the United the U uh, the Mexican government needs to step up a little more. But it's like you know, how are they gonna if they're if it's a very corrupt. If it's got a problem
1: with... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, let's uh, let's move forward to the next topic. Uh, This one, I think, will have uh, quite a bit to say about this. It's been um, a plague on America for years and years. Uh, There's the North American Free Trade Agreement. Of course, American jobs have been shipping overseas to uh, China and to other third-world countries that have helped build up their industrial force and actually created an industrial revolution in China. Yeah. But we'll deal with the, the NAFTA agreement that was signed in 1994 championed by Bill Clinton. And I, I got to tell you, DM as we're looking through history and we look at presidents, um, the more we look at Bill Clinton, and we, we, that could be a separate podcast, but his presidency is not looking too well. I know that he inherited a an improving economy from Bush when Bush, uh, the very I believe he's the one of at the very last minute raised taxes um, before he left office, which uh, didn't sit too well with Republicans, of course. But that is really what created the the robust burst of uh, the economy in yeah. the 1990s. Um, now, Clinton, of course, helped sign this into into uh, into agreement. Basically, what it was is that uh, American companies could shift uh, factory labor jobs over to Mexico and face little if no. Uh, surcharges or import fees as far as getting these products back to sell at a great discount uh what disgusts me about this is that uh we look at the largest manufacturers to go to Mexico right um, which are certainly the auto industry in fact uh not just general motors but um there's a lot of companies that have sh- uh, shifted there uh, and basically what happens is the parts some of the more intricate work is done here as far as making the parts they're shipped over with the pieces to Mexico for assembly. And that's where a lot of the assembly is done. Mm-hmm. Those are still major U S jobs. In fact, uh, look, there's people aren't as bright here that could use jobs like that. We're not at quite as technically, uh, intricate, but, uh, the Homer Simpsons, you know, that's, that's something he, he would be able to do to right. assemble the parts into a car. So anyway, um, Coca-Cola bottling has uh major manufacturers in uh Mexico. Uh, medical devices. Uh, and uh let me see what else. Yeah, the Tesla. aerospace
2: what's that?
1: I think Tesla is down there too. Tesla Prom sure, they're part of the automotive industry. Uh Honeywell is down there. Uh the aerospace um engineering which is I didn't find a company. I just found that the industry of aerospace has moved down there. I'm not sure if that's assembling or whatever. I don't even want to guess. Yeah, Spaceships yeah. or whatever, I mean to to go to the moon or something. Um, but that's a, a big thing that supposedly that not supposedly has helped their economy, but it's helped destroy our middle class. And what makes me right. sick is that the biggest inheritance of fortunes of this agreement is obviously not the middle class. Mm. Um. And what it is, it's the the stockholders. Basically, it boosts the company's profits. You're a majority stockholder, which you have to be rich to have uh, major stock in major companies. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's what this is. This is a part of the problem that Americans don't realize when we're blaming Mexicans coming across the border, when we're blaming uh, whoever the fuck people want to try to play. Gay people, um, you know, black people, black lives matter and kneeling for the anthem and all this bullshit. All this is designed to do is to take our eyes and our focus off of what to me is a major problem in America and it's um, the difference of it's uh, more socioeconomical differences and the separation of rich and poor is so friggin' disgusting here.
0: Yeah.
1: And let me just tell you something. In 2008, 15 years ago, um, Bill Gates was the richest human being, but he was worth maybe $15 million the most.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, in 2023, in 15 years, there's been a boom in billionaires. Um, yeah, and fun. now billionaires are worth a quarter of a trillion dollars when you talk about uh, Elon Musk. And guess what? It, it, they're so, they're so freaking smart uh, and they're so uh, they have such great ideas. They're going to get into a, a fucking cage match and wrestle about something. That shows you how brilliant our our millionaires yeah. really are. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it's disgusting. And you know, uh, I just want to say, like, you know, also the jobs that were shipped down there—they don't pay people shit in Mexico either. The factory workers. Uh, yep,
0: but, you know
1: uh, that they uh, get the automotive workers. Yeah, get. An average of two dollars an
2: hour. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's just disgusting. It's like uh, you, you you didn't you didn't you helped maybe like the corporations out or Clinton helped the corporations out, but as far as the people, like he not only screwed the U.S., but he also contributed screwing Mexicans as well, you know, and and uh, uh, other people there as well, and, and contributing to a lot of the problems um yeah i just uh it i when i learned that when i was younger i thought that just doesn't make any sense why are you doing that uh because the 90s was a booming time i mean people were like investing you could buy a house like you know you could
1: tech industry was out of control
2: right and now it's like you know it's just become slave labor and child labor and uh, it, so yeah, I just, uh, I think that was one of the, like the two biggest things that Clinton failed at was the NAFTA, uh, signing and then, uh, his crime bill. So I think that, uh, oh,
0: yeah. three strikes in your out or something. Huh?
2: Was
1: that the, sorry, was that the three strikes in your out? yeah no matter what the crime is
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. he also you know, and I mean real quick, he also affected like the the welfare program as well, he made that like more stringent to to appease the uh republicans, true,
1: yeah but um, well, he was he was a lot more centrist than we thought back then. we look back on him now, any other country he's actually probably a republican, if you put him in Europe,
0: right, yeah,
1: um, I'll tell you what too, the whole thing you know what this reminds me of um the automotive industry and the, and the NAFTA agreement reminds me of Walmart. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, taking, uh, Walmart, of course, famously uh, will not buy, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, they, everything they get is is overseas, either from Korea or a different Asian island or from China. And I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Bill Clinton, who, you know, I'm not saying he, got the entire idea himself, the NAFTA agreement but uh, him and his wife sat on the board for Walmart in the 1980s and so were part of that, the decline of the American workers for sending the, uh, great, you get, you know, a couple of cashiers and some people stocking shelves, uh, but all of these factory jobs that, that went overseas as far as making the products that they sell, right. and uh, so between, uh, you know, him and his wife working on the board of Walmart, uh, Bill Clinton, like you said, the three strikes in your are out. Plus the NAFTA agreements. Not not to mention, he privatized radio in the 1990s, what? when radio went to a couple of corporations own radios now, versus old school radio where we had, where um, yeah, it looked more like the show WKRP in Cincinnati, Yeah. which is sort of one one semi-rich person owns a studio and you have like these DJs who get to play what they want and it was a real art form and it turned it into basically where everything is either um, Latin radio which is you know there's a lot of Latin people there they want to listen to their own radio Hmm. or there's there was a major investment by religion Uh, Catholic and Christian really took over uh, radio 700 Club bought all kinds of um about uh, all kinds of radio stations to <laughs> further their agenda, and um, it really took radio from being this free enterprise of music to more um, to non non music basically, and allowed yeah. basically a couple of Top radio. Uh, companies to yeah to, to run the whole operation. So but I it, to tell you, I, I look back at his presidency, and you know, I, I used to have arguments with my dad about this. And he's like, "Oh, the economy was booming." Well, we talked earlier; it wasn't exactly, you know, not that he didn't do some things to sustain it, um, but um, I, I really don't look favorably of, favorably upon his, uh, and neither do historians, uh, his presidency. But anyway, I have a individual story to to share, mm. um, and then uh, which reminds me of the movie. Damn, I'm not sure if you saw Roger and Me. By Michael Moore
2: man I haven't seen that in years but yeah
1: yeah so that was about the uh, all of the towns of course Flint Michigan is where he was from and right. uh, the automotive industry just left there basically one by one every plant shut down and they showed what, how it affected the towns um, and how it decimated uh, families and basically decapitated the middle class uh, throughout Michigan and, and throughout other areas but especially Michigan um, I can tell you that I grew up in a little town uh, called Sturbridge, Massachusetts, and our neighboring town was called Southbridge. Um, now, Sturbridge was a little bit of a maybe uh, upper class, a little bit little bit more money went into our schools. Uh, the schools sucked, so I don't know where the money went. Right. <laughs> but um, But anyway, Southbridge was more of the industrial town, and they had factories and plants there and it was really scary to watch all of these factories leave. In fact, one of the last major factories, which employed upwards of 1,200 people, and we're talking about a small town of, I don't know, uh, 20,000 maybe yeah. at, the, at the most, maybe 10 to ten to 20,000. So it employed 1,200 people. Uh, the company was American Optical that made glasses, and they moved to Mexico. And to see the effects on that town within a, a short time period crime erupted um and that you could notice it wasn't just the crime they, there was more garbage on the on the streets it's like people didn't care anymore mm-hmm. so kind of like once you lose hope you'd be surprised at the behaviors of people about how they can how primitive they can get as far as robbing other people, like, what the heck, I need to eat, let's rob my neighbor, uh, let's just throw trash in the streets, because, you know, what What kind of hope do you have? It smelled It smelled like garbage over there,
0: Yeah,
1: and it was really, um, oh, really horrible, they really looked at our town like, uh, oh, those are the you know, the elite, and we, we weren't, we just weren't lower class, Unfortunately, what happened is they went from being a middle class town with industrial jobs to the lower class, and it was really, really sad uh, to see w- what happened there, and this is what pisses me off about stockholders and major companies because you're making decisions, human decisions, when you sh- you're making financial decisions when you should be factoring in the human factor uh, of what you're doing to towns. But these people that that are major billionaires don't don't just don't give a shit. They don't care less about what happened to Flint, Michigan. They can care less yeah. what happened to Southbridge, Massachusetts. They're above the crime. They're not going to be around it. They're, they travel in, in limos and gates, and right. uh, they have gated communities. Anyway, uh, Sean, I'm not sure if you have any similar stories or what you think about the, like I said before, the decapitation of the middle class with all of these industrial jobs leaving.
2: Uh, I don't have any personal stories myself, but... Um I just know that, uh, you know, that, that the NAFTA agreement was just shitty, uh, right. and it just kind of ruined this, this country. But, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, if you don't invest in your towns and you don't have a, you don't have any income, then it's like you're, you know, the place you live is going to look like sh- it's going to be a shithole. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, no one, look- Yeah. Good. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you're you know, just you're gonna be living in a shit hole. It's like that movie uh uh Gummo. You ever seen Gummo? No. It was a story of this the guy who made kids back in the nineties, um I forgot his name. Anyway, he made this movie called Gummo and it's just it's about this impoverished town in Ohio. Uh and it's just, you know, there's no investment in the town, so it's very poor and you know, a lot of kids running around you know no education and it's just uh you could just you could just tell it's just like there's a complete difference you can see the investment in the towns that are wealthy as you know compared to towns that are uh that are impoverished so
1: yeah and there's plenty of other um just one off um the situations that I remember as far as uh, a movie that I think of which is, nobody talks about this movie. It's not a very well-known movie, but it was a Danny DeVito movie in the early 90s.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was called OPM, which is um, Other People's Money, which... uh, Oh,
2: does he he play a scumbag who, like, rips people off? Yeah, an
1: investor. Right. I'm sure, like, OPM, like, I think OPP maybe got their slogan from the, the acronyms from Other People's Money and just turned it into Other People's
2: problem yeah.
0: but
1: um yeah but uh, other people's money is basically about the small town where i think it was gregory peck owns a major uh factory which employs a lot of people now what what this guy would do Danny domito's character would do research about mm, okay uh there's a great need for the, uh, this product this is why this uh factory has uh or this company has been around this long. Whatever they're selling, it was little candies, little buttons, little trinkets, whatever it is. There's a need for it, um, but they're employing obviously American people. So he's, you mm, know, if I buy this company, I can I can invest in the company, liquidate by uh, getting rid of all of the uh, employees. Uh, I'm not saying sell the employees, but I'm saying uh, you get rid of all the employees, and then you can actually put your move that. To, um, move to Mexico and then, you know, make triple or however many the profits, and you and your investors make a lot of money, and, and it just goes on and on. Right. That's one case that happens over and over again. Um, and unless the American people wake up, and, and I don't know how, how you can stop major investors from. I guess you just not have to sell to those investors. I mean, uh, uh, now the thing is, if you have a board in your company, which in this movie, there was a board that's, uh, basically were like, the investor said, look, I'll guarantee you this amount of money if, if you vote to sell to me. Yeah. And it makes them a lot of money. And, and this happens over and over again. In fact, it happened with, um, in another Michael Moore movie, he talks about the payday candy, which was a huge, um, I mean, everyone knows the candy, and uh, and they're in Pennsylvania as well. There's lots of, besides Hershey, there's other companies in Pennsylvania that make candy. And they had record profits. And what they did is they uh, promised the workers that if they made a certain profit margin, that they would give them raises. And what they did is they went back on their word, and when they made the record pro- profit margins, they were up, able to up the ante as far as the sale of the company. The board sold the company to, I don't know if it was Mars or whoever, they sold them to a bigger company, yeah. which moved the factories down to, again, Mexico.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so underhanded tactics, and, and just uh, it just it seems like it's never-ending. And if we keep going in this direction, I mean... Well, it's just really scary to think about where we'll end up,
2: so right now, um, as far as that subject goes, um there are a lot of places where they're starting to unionize uh, because a lot of people in different and different uh and different companies are getting fucked and they're starting to realize like like you know, let's look into unionization because uh these corporations do not give a fuck about you, and you can take any any type of material or any product and you know entertainment to you know you got uh, ups just unionized starbucks has been unionized trying to unionize for the past like three years and people yeah. are starting to wake up and like look man i'm important and without me you don't have shit um and so i think unionization is you know is a is a is a big help um and i think people more people are starting to realize that if you come together and you know stand up and you know leave leave uh or you know not leave but if you if you uh stand up and you say no i'm not gonna fucking take this shit anymore to the corporations like they're gonna they're, they're eventually gonna fold because without without these uh Without these people, your products ain't shit. You know, like Marvel right now, their uh, visual effects department is going to unionize because they're screwing those people, um, actors right now. So the this the SAG-AFTRA uh, protests right now uh, are going to start affecting because right now there's a lot of movies that are going to be put on hold and TV shows and you know, it, it, you just I think right now we're seeing the you know we're seeing. A lot of people are getting tired of this shit, um, and it's you know like I said, these corporations they they don't fucking care. These are like disgusting people that think that you can just screw people, take their labor, and fuck them, and you know I and ship everything over, and it's 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 fucked, it, it, or, uh, it's it's fucked up how they they're treating people. But it's we're seeing that a lot of people are getting tired of it. There's a lot of people union. Uh, Amazon, you had Amazon, like they're starting to unionize. Uh, they the, a couple years ago they started to unionize, and uh, yeah, yeah. Bezos hates it. You know, a lot of these guys fucking. Mm-hmm. They had Howard Schultz on during a hearing, and he he's getting burned by like Bernie Sanders and a lot of different um, uh, a lot of different uh, senators because it's just like how do you explain. Um, union busting and treating your employees like shit and he just you know he's he's trying to you know howard schultz is trying to glaze it over like yeah no they're treated great and you don't need a union and it's like why not so um it's it's just that you can't you know you you, these like i said these people are tired of it i think unionization is a is a powerful tool you know i think it's a great it's a great thing and i think that's like the only way to do it because it's like Not you can't you can't automate factories you know all the factories humans are a big contributor.
0: AI. (laughs) Uh,
2: Another
1: episode, but uh, yeah, you know what? I can understand when you're setting up a a company, you have to have a business model, you have to have cost figures and projections to assimilate a certain amount of uh, wealth to attract. Um stockholders I just think stockholders have too much power um much. In, in what happens and they make too much money and I believe that there should be higher amounts of profits going back to employees uh which makes so much more sense because they're the ones that you know, you don't know, you don't think that an employee's gonna take more pride in in something if they actually have a stake, a financial stake, more than just an hourly wage. Right. Uh in some shitty benefits. Um, And you know, I'm looking specifically at Amazon because when you have a guy that oh built
0: God, a,
1: uh, a mansion that's bigger, that's as big as a large city, like at one point when he was amassing his wealth, and he's worth a quarter of a trillion dollars now, when he was amassing his wealth, at what point did he say, okay, I'm worth $500 million, um, let's start to shift the... the uh, the wealth a little bit of this co- company where I make a little bit less and the stockholders make a little bit less, and we actually give more to the employees and pay them a little it, bit more. It, At uh, what point do you stop being such a fucking pig and say, you know what, let's spread a little bit of this around? This is why I believe, and this is a very controversial subject, I think there should be a maximum wage. You should only be able to make maximum amounts of money, and yes, I realize there's going to be a huge... Uh, problem with with people hiding their wealth it's just gonna make uh, smart rich people bend the law more to try to right. um, hide their money overseas but then you know what what the fuck is the IRS for
0: right so what
1: to go after some people making $20,000 a year to see if they hit like uh, right. oh you made money gambling last year let's All right let's make sure that you get audited it, for that
2: it's funny you say that like I think we mentioned this before. Uh, I was watching Bill Maher on his first show, and he had uh, Jell-O Biafran, the singer uh, and uh, speaker. For which band? Dead Kennedys, the singer for the uh-huh. second. Yeah, there we go. So he promoted that, and Bill Maher fucking wigs, like, that's not fair, and like people should make money, and blah, 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 Mr. Progressive. And it's like, he's like, Do, does Michael, at the time, This was the 90s, so he's like, does Michael Jordan really need a hundred million dollars. Like the, the, these people have so much money. It's like, do you really need that? You like, and I said this before where if you physically take, and you put it in cash, right? All their money, all the billions and you put it in the fucking room. Like there's no way in hell you will ever spend all that money and see and physically see all that money ever. It doesn't even, it doesn't even affect these people. Like they're just gluttons. they just, it's like they're you know they're living up the seven deadly sins it's like you're fucking crazy man like you you have no. you have people starving and unable to take piss breaks at Amazon Walmart has people on food stamps and these people are so rich and it's like i don't know how you can like live with yourself when the people working under you are fucking hurting it's like if you treat people good they will work their ass off for you and short of taking a bullet for you you know uh I, I don't I don't get it. I never understood that with rich people how you could be so selfish and and like you know they, I just never understood and these are people that that don't have to deal with that shit they don't ever ever have to talk to their employees. they can seriously sit in their own mansion and they'll never they can totally be separate from society and that's that's the other issue I have with wealthy people is like they live in within our society they live in their own society. And they can clearly can be cut off from the rest of it. Cause you would see it. You have all these rich people. They have no idea what the fuck's going on in the world. And the that GM, now come on now. Uh, now look, this
1: is ridiculous. How, how can we take away from billionaires their ability to compete against other billionaires. How can you say to the guy that's the fourth richest guy, you don't have, you shouldn't have the opportunity right. to be the first richest guy. How can you look at a, a Forbes list and say, hey, I'm number four. Right. I'm driven to be number one. And it, it drives you more than paying your people a livable wage. Uh, if You know, if,
2: I don't get it. Dude. Obviously, that
1: was, yeah, I, I, I get to tell you, the more I talk about this, it really seems like I don't know I get a little defeated about it because there's uh, we're going in one direction in this country, and it's a winner take all uh, I call it a lot for a little and a little for a lot, yeah, basically the, the separation of rich or poor is growing um and billionaires I'll tell you what they have they're infecting government, um, they're infesting governments, they are getting involved in government. Uh, they want to get involved in writing laws. I mean, Elon yes. Musk wants to tax pe- people who don't have kids more because they quote unquote don't know. Or wants to restrict their voting rights because they don't I have a the the future. What the
2: fuck, dude? Like, who this, the fuck this, do you think
1: you are? You fucking piece of shit! I, I, I don't I'm get this.
2: No, this guy. Like, there's another issue that is included with the wealth issue. Is like a lot of these fucking assholes are like contribute to fascism. Uh, the Mercers, uh, you know, I think who they then they start Breitbart. Um, you have like the uh, who are those two asshole brothers? Uh, the cock brothers. The cock brothers, like they're
0: Wisconsin.
2: You know, like they're fucking. Uh, they're they're part of the problem. Um, you know, a lot of them vote fucking Republican and conservative, and and you know, but they're behind. They're behind uh, a lot of the politics and the policies now going on. Like they, you had uh, Clarence Thomas was just reported to have like four major billionaires, uh, and him and Alito have four. You know, all these major billionaires uh, kicking them down. You know, kicking them some money and treating them like you know spoiling them. And it's just like how 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 do you what the fuck is the problem? These people. I just think you know. I personally think that you know hacker groups like anonymous this I think they should you know and I don't know I'll probably get in trouble for this but like I think they should hack steal their money and and distribute it to people in different ways it's like cuz it's like how else are we going to deal with cuz like the system protects them uh you know there there's there's a lot of millionaires who are politicians and it doesn't you know they don't give a fuck and uh, another rich problem is the NRA is super rich or it's used to be Wayne LaPierre is a fucking rich asshole and they're supplying death weapons. So it's like it's like guns, uh, you know, policies, uh, politicians. Uh, I mean, another douchebag, you know, a couple Like them is like what, what really kills me is like when you have like celebrities, especially rappers who brag about being from the hood and then they leave. And then they they become Republicans, and then they douche on the places uh, that they're from. Lil Wayne, like Republican, fucking huge, you know, bragging about how much money he has. Like, where did you did you put any of that back, man? Did you go back to where you're fucking from? Jay Z's the same thing. Like, I just heard like a month ago where Beyonce had a bunch of people kicked out of a they kicked a bunch of the these uh, guests at a hotel out so they could you know help uh, they could uh, give a whole floor or something to Beyonce. And it's just like, it, it's, it's like, you know, what the fuck? As long as Dave, Dave Chappelle goes into a, you know, uh, uh a city, uh, he goes into a, uh, a meeting, a city meeting. And he threatens like with the, he literally says, you know who I am? Like, I want this comedy club here. No, no, no. And it's like, the irony is it's like, he's going to fuck over these poor white people. Cause the majority of the town is white. And, and it's like, you, you know, you're going to fuck these people over. And that's the town you decide to reside in because you got a big history there. And you're going to throw your name because he's fucking rich. And it's just, I I I have, I'm starting to just, I, 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 I have issues with rich people. And it's like, well, the people make me sick? I work where I work. They come into my fucking job. You know, we, I live in Juneau. We, every summer we got people coming in yachts. They fucking come in. They're, they're chefs fucking take a shitload of product from, like, my, my department uh, for their boat, and the citizens of this town are affected because it's like, oh, well, this boat had to have, like, fucking, you know, 100 pounds or 300 pounds of bananas and shit. And it's just, it's like, and that's a small thing, you know. It's just these these fucking, these rich people, man, they're, they're disgusting. I'm having less and less fucking sympathy for them as human beings because, I mean, dude... Elon Musk is like in trouble right now because it's like he's trying to protect child molesters uh and people supporting kitty porn uh and distributing it on twitter and he's trying to dis- on or X and he's trying to he's trying to defend them and fascists like dude's a straight up he's a south out a- he's an Afrikan he's a fake african not, not,
1: right not only that but the government it just came out in the trump trial. Um, of the documents case, they had to subpoena Twitter to get Donald Trump's Twitter account yeah. to be able to, to look at there uh, because there's obvious crimes being committed. They didn't even comply with the subpoena. Elon Musk did not supply the subpoena yeah. information, but only after the subpoena date. Um, that motherfucker should go down for that. I mean, that's it. I, how, I can't stand rich people. Um, and by the way, we have to end this topic here quickly because we're getting off of uh, the more of uh, immigration. We're going into income inequality. But I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, he's someone we have to talk about in the future because um, he's just, a, like you said, a South African uh coming in here and basically uh flouting America's rules and policies and laws when it comes to subpoenas about uh a traitor keeping documents
0: uh right. supposedly
1: like, using them to uh you, you. To make deals with other countries or you know what I heard with Trump is with what part of documents at least what he told somebody is that he has dirt on foreign leaders.
0: And then yeah. he might try
1: to blackmail them sure. to say, like, look, unless you come out and, and give me money or right. let me put my hotels or my, yeah, not casinos anymore. He's out of that. Unless you put my uh, hotels in your country, I'm going to out you that you did this and you did that because right, he's right. got all the, the intel
0: dirt on them.
2: What about what about Elon Musk? The dude's, like, is he an American citizen? Is he here legally? And let's talk about immigration. This white motherfucker, uh, South African douchebag uh comes to the United States and you know he gets he gets free he gets grants to to uh to you know the American government supplies him with grants so he could do his like you know make his death machines um i mean it's just it's like you know what about these rich people like from other countries who fucking come here uh you know it's like the russians uh, you know you have all these uh russian mob and and uh KGB agents here doing you doing shit like why don't we like remove foreign gangs you know you want to talk about immigration Let, let's fucking crack down and and just destroy these fucking assholes who come from other countries um and do crime here i mean what the fuck is up with that you
1: all right know? well we have we have devolved into a uh non-stop four-letter word barrage uh against rich people yeah uh rightfully so i'll tell you what um yeah, we have to have those two. You mentioned the Supreme Court earlier. I have been The more I read read about Clarence Thomas, he makes me sick. Um, this and, guy was a fucking uh,
2: Panther, man. He was part of the fucking Black Panthers, man. All
1: That's, right, let's hang on. Let's hang on yeah. to that information. I'm sorry, man. We got to cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was uh, Master Blaster Podcast. Just putting this information on blast. Uh, please check us out on RSS. This is our third episode. Immigration. Look for. More of DM's Venom when it comes to Supreme Court and income equality with me, Jesus, and we will be coming at you next time. Thank you for tuning in and have a great night.
0: All right. Thank you.